Solid Conversations with your girl, Lady T. We are just so excited um, today to be speaking with a doula and having an interesting conversation about what doula, who doula, and how doula do. So today I have with me Miss Dacia Brown, and Miss Dacia is a doula, a local doula. So I am going to have her to introduce herself, and then we will go from there. Go ahead. Hi, Lady T. Thank you so much for having me um, this evening. My name is Dacia Brown, um, and I am the owner and founder of Black Rainbow Co. That is the name of my doula services. Um, it's an inclusive, full-spectrum doula service, uh, which covers preconception, birth, postpartum, abortion, and miscarriage. So all of the full gamut of the reproductive experiences that a woman can go through, that's what I do. I cover all of that. Um, I specialize mostly in the postpartum and the postpartum period and perinatal loss. Um, I founded Black Rainbow Co. after a series of my own losses um, and not having the medical support or emotional navigation that I needed during those experiences. And I wanted other women um, to be able to have access to that because it's a completely different kind of healing process after a loss um, that kind of is, you know, pushed to the back and, and not really talked about as much as giving birth to a live baby. Um, so that's what I wanted uh, Black Rainbow Co. to represent. Um, and my aim is to find out um, about mom, what she values when I get in um, in a service with a client, uh, what her expectations are for her pregnancy, what her needs are, um, and what she wishes to have out of the relationship with me. Um, that's what I focus on um, at Black Rainbow Co. And helping mom to establish a connection from the very beginning with her own body and her own baby because every everybody's different. Um, everybody has their own normal energy signature and so does a baby and the process is a long process and, and a journey in itself. Um, so making sure that she has that connection um, is what I focus on. Okay. So Black Rainbow Co. is the business in which you have and which you use um, to kind of do the doula services. Now, let's yes. kind of go back to the basics because what I want to do is I want to get an understanding and have the listeners get an understanding of the difference between um, a doula, a midwife, and the nurse and what their purpose is and what their expectations or what their job is in that during that birthing process. Gotcha. Um, so, First, let's talk about the other disciplines. So um, nurses um, pretty much fall under the same scope of practice as a midwife. Um, they're able, they're medically trained. Um, that's the biggest difference between the doula, the nurse, and the midwife. They are able to give uh, medical interventions and certain treatments to the pregnant mom um, during and throughout her pregnancy and postpartum period. Um, nurses aren't to me and from my understanding as personable um, in terms of how close they are with the client. Nurses 
pretty much have a list of a bunch of clients they have to run through so they don't really get um, enough time with the pregnant mom that midwives technically do. They build a, a much deeper rapport. Um, so that would be the benefit of getting a midwife versus a nurse. Um, and the doula even more so. Um, the doula sees the pregnant mom way more than the nurse or the midwife. They're kind of checking in and they're there for in the emotional support. They're not medically trained, um, but they advocate um, and provide emotional support for mom and also for the partner as well. It doesn't just stop at mom. Um, but th those are the differences between those disciplines when pregnant. Okay. So so as a, as a, as a woman, if I say, okay, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I find out that I'm pregnant um, and I'm expecting a baby and what would be the opportunity or when, at what point in time do I reach out to understand or even to decide that I want to work with a doula? Okay. Um, with that, that varies between woman to woman, you know, in the, um, as far as her, her emotional state and what support system she has access to um, prior to going into her pregnancy. Um, I know primarily uh, our women um, in the black diaspora support, um, you know, speaking in terms of where we came from and heritage wise, we had a lot of support as far as um, when a woman gets pregnant and who kind of pitches in and helps her along that journey. And as we westernize, we've lost touch of that. Um, so a lot of women in our culture don't have the support. Um, so depending on what again what their needs are i would say to get a doula once you figure out um if your pregnancy is stable that's what i would necessarily say um and that's around the the 12 week period you kind of are out of the first trimester and you're kind of figuring out things and processing if need be um then you can get one sooner but i would say to get through the first trimester and then kind of build your experience from there with the doula if you're going to get them full spectrum if you aren't um, going to get a doula throughout the whole pregnancy then sometime in your third trimester particularly around i would say 28 weeks or 30 weeks so that you give the doula time to kind of get to know who you are and what you expect if you're going into the labor and birth support aspect of the doula um, so they're not just jumping in when you first have your baby and you're like, hey, who, who are you? And and you're trying to get emotional support from someone you haven't built before with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that is that is when I would recommend to um, receive those services. And if you're seeking a postpartum doula to do so as soon as possible, um, because black women more than any woman um, experiences the highest rate of maternal death. Um, don't focus on uh, the postpartum period. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, as you're, as you're talking, I'm kind of like getting an understanding of the, the, the doula's role in, um, as a mom, a new mom or an expecting mom's, um, your role in her, in her, you know, I think it's the birthing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, what type of questions or um, things are you looking to find out from mom and um, who else is supporting mom besides you during this process? Got it. Um, well, that would, one, be one of my questions. What what other support systems do you have outside of 
uh, me, if I were the doula, um, that you have access to. What kind of birth experience are you looking for? Um, so some people don't really put a lot of thought into what kind of birth experience because we're, you know, socialized to think you go through the nine months, you go through a couple of heavy breathing and tight contractions, lay on your back and baby comes out. We don't really give you um, anything other than that to hold on to for a birth experience. So I would be interested in figuring out what mom wants to delve into, um, what her needs are as far as the pregnancy demands, um, if I'm meeting her a little bit later. So how has the pregnancy been on your body and what if any of those things are you wanting to change? Um, do you need more movement? Do you need more relaxation? Um, things like that. Do you need more processing? Um, I ask all of my clients, if I have them, to keep a journal. I feel like that is necessary to track um, throughout the journey. We kind of forget things from day to day. Um, so having something that you can reference that's set and sewn on that day um, and kind of build her stasis. Um, those are things I would ask. Um, how much time she has access to in her pregnancy. Some moms are, are working moms as well. They don't just, they're not just pregnant and don't have any other responsibilities. Um, so how much time she has to dedicate to herself mm -hmm. um, and to our services mm -hmm. and who her medical providers are. Um, because myself personally, as a doula, I'm big on advocating, humongous on advocating, not Every doula um, focuses on advocating. They don't think really it's their job, but a doula's main job overall is and responsibility is to the birther, to mama. So I need to make sure that when she's not in my care because I'm not medically trained, doulas have access to outside resources that they can connect mom, connect mom to. So if something, if I'm talking to one of my clients and she's explaining her uh, perinatal appointments to me and something doesn't seem right or she doesn't quite understand, then I want to be able to get involved in that moment um, and what's happening with her care um, so that she knows she has support. A lot of women, um, when you go into the medical practice and they tell you something, you kind of take it at face value. You, oh, well, this, this must be true, you know, and just kind of go with it, but, and not necessarily want to. So I want her to have an open space um, to be able to say that the information that she's getting may be a little bit confusing. Do I have anything else to give to her? But I want to be involved. Um, more specifically, I'm thinking of that as you asked me that in reference to um, one of my clients that I consult with on her pregnancy. She's in her third trimester mm -hmm. um, and she has HELP syndrome. Um, HELP syndrome is high risk in pregnancy. You said help? Potentially, yes, help. H-E-L-P. Okay, help syndrome. What it's is help a, syndrome? Help syndrome is a variant of preeclampsia. Okay. So it's a breakdown of your liver enzymes. Uh, mom experiences excessive swelling, um, high blood pressure, body aches, um, and the fear is that the blood pressure will get too intense that mom will have seizures. Um, so that's something that you you really have to to catch and to catch it quickly. But she also has COVID. So I can't oh. access her as well. And their recourse is to just not her, have her go and do anything and just wait out symptoms. And I feel like that's absolutely ridiculous. If that were a different kind of mother, then I feel like the recourses would be taken in a different way. Um, so in that instance, I would like to be involved and have been involved 
um, with her and she's getting the necessary testing. But sometimes they'll let you leave it at that and then she would just be sitting at home not getting any further testing or monitoring on her baby if she didn't have that advocacy or felt like she had that voice. So kind of going back to some things, what would be, okay, I, I know we've kind of gotten a little bit of variance or understanding as to um, the difference between the doula midwife and then the nurse, but then mm -hmm. what is the purpose of the doula? Like what role does the doula, because I know that, you know, the advocacy and things of that nature, and just as you were talking in regards to understanding what are some of the concerns that mom may have, then how is it? how is it that the doula will be able to step in and or even advocate for mom? Um, so doulas, it's been, it's known that um, ACOG recommends that every birthing woman have a doula. So it's, it's kind of something that's coming up and coming and more disciplines are open to respecting that discipline. Okay. Um, doula. So you used I'm an sorry. acronym, you used an acronym. ACOG. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you use an acronym. It's just like, oh, okay. What is ACOG? Yeah. ACOG, American um, College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Okay. Um, they study pregnancy and maternal fetal medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, they recommend that labor outcomes are improved um, by having a doula. Um, and again, in that aspect of what what our strengths are and what we really do. Um, most of that comes to light to me in the labor room as well. Um, the emotional support is, you know, overall what they do, but a lot of it comes alive in labor and the postpartum services. Okay. Um, so in labor, um, what the doula would do is provide physical comfort for moms. So when moms are in the hospital and they're birthing, they really expect that normally everyone expects your nurse to kind of keep you comfortable but nurses again they have to do paperwork they have to give out medicine they have more than just that one client to dedicate all of that the energy and whatever mom needs at the time of her birthing so they they kind of are holding the weight and demand of something that they can't really do um so then that's when women will get a midwife but even still um they have some of the same demands placed on them that a nurse has so that's where a doula would come in. Um, and again, that's with in the labor room, providing physical comfort for mom. And this could be in the forms of certain breathing techniques for her to eliminate pain um, if she wants to go pain-free or get as close to she can to a natural birth experience that she wants to before asking for pain medication. Or even if she doesn't, because um, breathing goes way beyond just uh, pain management. It also goes into calming down mom and you want to be as calm as possible when bringing a life into the world. Um, so making sure mom's relaxed, um, doing certain things uh, with body movement as well. Um, again, the major portion is to make sure mom is as confident, comfortable, and empowered as possible throughout her birthing experience so that she is strong and well and that baby is strong and well. Um, one of the things that I um, like to do for my clients is make sure that they are not lying on their back. It's counterintuitive to the childbirthing process. So one of the ways I will facilitate care in 
one of my pregnant clients is to coach them on trying to change positions at certain times. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're listening to your body because I'm also not in your body. So I can just say, you know, turn around or turn into this position and it not mean anything, but making sure that mom is feeling her body and coaching her through what she's feeling. You're giving to me as I'm giving to you. So we, we're both the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps them to avoid unnecessary medical interventions um, like episiotomies where they have to uh, cut slightly open the vaginal canal mm-hmm. um, to get baby out. Um, that's something that they want to do if labor is kind of stalled and baby seems stuck. They just are quick to rush into those kind of interventions. Um, but having a doula there will minimize those kinds of interventions um, through those things and direct relationship with mom in the birthing room. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I think it's a, a wealth of kind of information in which you've given. Um, definitely asking during the um, birthing process. Well, no, no, no. Let me go back to the beginning. So how is it that someone is able to access a doula? Is that is that something that's covered by insurance? Is that something you have to pay for um, out of pocket? And is it affordable? Is it something that families or, you know, uh, people can afford? Got it. Yes. So um, doulas can be accessed. There are um, doula registries and you can look up various various doulas just through Google searches, um, depending on what someone is looking for. Um, and talking about if it's covered through insurance. Unfortunately, some places do cover doula. They're starting to go into that idea a little bit more and insurance companies are becoming more open to paying for doula care. Um, But as far as I know, that's still a battle that we are working on as doulas um, to get our services covered through medical insurance for families who may not have access to pay out of pocket. Um, Most doulas charge an hourly rate. I myself charge an hourly rate as well if I'm seeing you full spectrum a couple times a a week, but they don't see you anymore from around two to three hours unless, of course, mom needs more. Um, But that gives you a good time to kind of check in, see where things are, check on mom and baby and see her another couple times a week. Um, And each doula charges her own price, um, his or own, her own price. Um, so it, it depends. They have, there's certain doulas who are just starting out, they charge a, a lower end because they don't have as much experience yet. Um, and then there are more seasoned doulas that charge a larger amount because they offer a wider variety of services than say just a birth doula um, or a postpartum doula because you don't have to be full spectrum. There's different different sections of being a doula and what they cover. Um, But each one charges their own price and the price varies. Usually it's around anywhere from 15 to $30 per hour um, that a doula will charge for her services for mom. Um, And then certain doulas will have a flat rate price if they're only seeing a client for birth support. Um, So to support you through the entire birth, I charge this amount and it won't be an hourly rate. Okay. So then at that point in time, that's when it's just a flat rate because yep. you know that it's going to be something that's going to take some time. Correct. Okay. So how long have you been, um, how long have you been a doula? 
I've only been a doula for, I would love to say my whole life. I feel like I've been trained for this, but mm -hmm. I've only been in business for a year. Okay. And I'm loving it, loving every second of it. Um, this business, Birthwork, teaches you a lot about yourself as much about um, your clients mm -hmm. um, and what you need, how to teach people, how to get someone to emotionally connect, how to get you to connect, um, and building with each mom, everyone's fears, everyone needs, and things are different. Um, but I am definitely loving to be in business. I'm hoping to um, eventually open and branch out wider so that I'm able to teach doula courses and trainings to other women that are wanting to be open to this experience and being a Black-owned business. I don't think we have any other doula trainings here in Rochester that will offer that. Um, so being able to give that out every so often um, is my goal for Black Rainbow Co. as well, so that we have more in our numbers because the doula practice is valuable. Okay. All right. So with that being said, we're going to take a break um, and then, you know, just get a little um, a breather in and then we can pay some bills and we'll be right back. You are listening to Solid Conversations. You are now listening to a silent conversation with Lady T. You are now listening to a silent conversation with Lady T. Lady T. And we're back to Solid Conversations, and we are here talking with Dacia Brown, who is a doula, and her company is Black Rainbow Co. And we are just having a really good conversation in um, talking about the, per the, the role of the doula and how the doula plays into the birthing, um, your birthing process. Because um, I want to make sure I'm using the correct terminology, Dacia. So at any point in time, please correct me. But yes, definitely. Because this is something that I think that um, one of the things that I do hear a lot is that the doula being um, important to um, the parent, the woman, the, the mother of color because of the simple fact that there is a lot of um, disenfranchisement that happens during within the birthing process and there's a lot of things that go missing um that the person of color may not have access to that other women may have access to so just um having the opportunity to speak um and understand what the um what the doula's role and how she is important to the the mother of color so one of the questions that i do have is we are in the midst of a COVID pandemic. All of these things are going on. How has how has um, your role as a doula been affected during this time? Oh, that's a good question. I've been, um, you know, I feel severely handicapped to my ladies because I feel like doula work is a hands-on job um, to be inside someone's home um, to 
actually be in the physical presence of mom um, while she's going through this and not just over, you know, how, how anyone usually talks over social media or a text message on the phone. Um, it's not the same experience um, to not be face to face. Um, so it's been a challenge for me to try to um, reach out um, to people in the virtual context. Um, and it's all based on as well um, what mom's comfortable with. So that hasn't been the case with everyone that I work with. Um, they're comfortable with me. They, they kind of know uh, what I do and it's still okay for us to meet personal. Um, but for everyone else, that's not necessarily an option, which is understandable. Um, so trying to figure out how to reach out to everyone virtually has been, again, my largest challenge and something I'm still working on, to be quite honest. Okay. And so has it, has the COVID, has, has the pandemic really affected your business, not just you personally, but the doula's role in the, um, in, in the birthing process because of the simple fact that I know that there has been a limitation to, um, people being in the hospitals, um, during the time of birth or when a mom is trying to give birth. So has that role or has that, um, has that your, your presence been limited during this time? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's been limited, um, for, uh, the whole span of doulas, just like you said, um, because it's not seen still to everyone as a medical necessity. So we're all trying to branch together, um, still to make sure that our voices are heard and get people to understand in full, um, not just the ones who do, that doulas are a medical necessity for the birthing mom um, and the need for them inside of the hospital room um, is necessary, but it has placed a huge <laughs> impingement on a lot of doulas not being able to be directly in the birthing room with mom. Um, so a lot of the services have been going to, uh, again, postpartum. I'm gonna see a mom afterwards or either before, um, because like you said, again, there is still certain challenges with getting your voice heard and advocating for your client. Mm -hmm. um, it just really all depends on how persistent you are. And I consider myself to be extremely persistent to the point where it may be annoying to someone else because I, I educate myself on what is happening in the medical system. And that can be intimidating, I found, to a lot of medical personnel when you actually know what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's... It's, it's been difficult. Um, that's something I'm still trying to work out as, you know, COVID expands even farther than even my own expectations and what I'm trying to see in the new norm. Okay. So one of the things that you did talk about earlier was, um, you know, this is, this is, it's a new business, um, Black Rainbow Co., but um, this is something you feel as though was a calling on your life. So how did you get into this dueling and what do you, um, what are some of the strengths of this profession? Um, so I got into uh, doula quite honestly, because uh, I have four live children now. Um, two boys, two girls. Um, but in between, I am a humongous advocate, let's just say that, to start on the Black family um, and making sure that we have a legacy going forward. So I'm I'm not put off to having a large family. That's always something that I kind of wanted um, to have and to bring forth. That's wealth um, to me, not necessarily money. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had a lot of 
explained and unexplained losses. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot over about 18 um, losses wow. um, in pregnancy and not always understood, um, not always um, diagnosed any further to see. Um, sometimes there wasn't even anything wrong if they did do um, a specific diagnostic to see why uh, the pregnancies weren't continuing and why they were failing. Um, that nothing was wrong. So I started to search for a different meaning and understanding as to what's happening to me. Cause that's a little, I don't think to anyone that's a little excessive to experience that amount of loss and not there not be a reason. Um, and I'm someone who focuses, if I can't find the, the physical answer, I go into a more spiritual perspective. Um, and that's what this business was to me. Um, and again, seeing other women, um, and women that I've known personally uh, go through loss. And it's, again, something that's not talked about often. Uh, they kind of just say, well, you can, you know, you can still have kids or you already have four live children and it's okay. And it's not the kind of emotional support that you need necessarily, even though it's well-meaning, um, just it, it takes a different kind of, of nurturing um, and healing to go through that kind of process. And I wanted to give that um, two women. So after um, recently, last year, I was going through an occupational therapy program and it wasn't working out for me. I didn't feel like I was getting the holistic um, and spiritual experience that I would get in birth work that I would get in OT. Um, it was more, everything's more functional based. Um, and all again, what the medical system will allow you to do um, and not take into any consideration any of the natural aspects that help people and not just medical price tag things that help people. Um, so I went out of that um, only after I suffered another loss during that program. Mm -hmm. um, I decided not to go back after that uh, and delve a little bit deeper again into that loss and started to birth uh, my business, which has been alive for a year um, after that. Um, and that is, it's been going ever since. Okay. And kind of uh, like just explore a little bit more about what you were talking about as far as um, wanting to search for more understanding as far as the loss that you 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 suffered. And with that being said, when when a mom loses a child, you know, however far whatever whatever the process is or whether or not she's, you know, first trimester, second, third or birth. What mm -hmm. is there anything that can be done to understand better why that loss occurred? Because or is that like maybe I should say, is that something that the medical professions um, look into a little bit further to understand why that mom lost that child? Well, in the medical system, they don't um, dig into losses per se, um, unless one, you have really good health insurance the first time. And of course, they'll go ahead and take it. But usually it's after the third or fourth loss, repetitive loss even. So if mom, you know, had a lot of miscarriages, but they were spaced out, they probably wouldn't investigate that. But if they are recurrent losses up to three or four, then they'll start to do a genetic testing to see if there may be um, a DNA issue. Um, depending on how long, far along mom is. So if it's in the first trimester, um, they feel sometimes won't even investigate there because they feel like it's a chromosomal issue um, or a DNA issue that they can't delve into. Um, but for later, 
later losses uh, closer to the second and third trimester. Usually those they almost always investigate um, because it has to do something more specifically with mom than baby. Um, usually it's a placental issue um, that can happen uh, with abruption. I've also experienced that myself um, where the placenta tears from the wall um, of the uterus and you can experience a loss from that and, and hemorrhage. Um, but up to the, the first trimester, they kind of leave it as just try again, you're healthy, and they give you a three to six month time frame of trying again um, after a loss. But that's usually the recourse that they have. And then up until recently, I hadn't even heard of them giving you anyone to emotionally process it either. Um, in the fewer years that I've had um, my other losses, none of that was offered. And now they're starting to understand the emotional aspect a little bit more um, in the medical field. And they ask if you want to talk to um, a therapist. Usually there's a crazy long wait list, um, but they ask if you want to talk to someone to kind of process what it is that you went through. Um, but even those, I don't feel like it's, it's that it's not always personable um, because they don't know you. Um, and they're talking to a bunch of different uh, clients about different things. They have more of a detached kind of aspect from it and they don't really specialize in miscarriage. They just are therapists um, or the reproductive process at all. They just are licensed medical therapists. Um, so that's kind of the toss up um, in processing it. I wouldn't necessarily say you can always understand uh, why a loss occurred. My focus to get for moms would be to process um, your feelings about it because that's usually what's bringing us the grief is what your feelings are and what you're attached to about that specific pregnancy that you have to process. Sometimes it's just, I know for some moms, it's not even the aspect that the baby's lost. It's just I had such high hopes for this specific future and now that future itself is not going to happen and it has nothing to even do with baby but because this situation happened it's getting you to see something else um but it is it's different for every other baby um and and every mom why um they're experiencing these feelings of loss and what it means to them to actually lose a pregnancy that's different um for each mom and the why so getting down to the why um, definitely helps them process that. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. You just you just kind of really just kind of given me a lot because now like I'm gonna want to uh, do another continuance because to bring in someone from the medical field to kind of you know speak to exactly what you just talked about as far as the um, the reasoning behind not understanding or not wanting to don't um, dive a little bit deeper into their loss and then why is it that it has to be a loss that happened or occurred at a later um, time and you know at a later within the later stages of the pregnancy because you know as um, pregnancy advocates state they always say you know life begins you know with conception so within conception it's just kind of like why isn't that pregnancy really considered to be um, viable enough for you to understand why there was a loss there. Exactly. Okay. Then also then with the postpartum opportunity as well, 
you know, is there any, do they have therapists that specialize in postpartum therapy? And if that is the case, then how is it that, um, why isn't it that that's something that's access to moms, especially after a loss within a later trimester of a pregnancy, especially yeah. because I know that that's something that kind of hits home or very dear to my family personally, because I had um, a brother who him and his wife had suffered the loss of a child at birth. And so with that being said, you know, to see them kind of go through that mourning process is just kind of like, okay, how did they hand, how, who, what's, what type of, um, uh, what type of services was offered to them to help support them through this process? Because, you know, it does, it does weigh on you as a mom, you know, it's just kind of like, I've had the loss of a child, um, you know, at, and, and during pregnancy. And it's just kind of like, that's something you never forget. Like it's every now and then you, it, it comes back as a memory or it comes back as a thought or as a mom, it's just kind of like, you know, especially if you have other children, like what would that child's um, life be like right now if they were here? Or, you know, it's just kind of, it can, it can manifest itself in very various ways. And so like, why isn't there more of a uh, kind of um, why aren't there more people out there to address these issues and allow parents to kind of deal with these things um, behind the scenes on their own or figure it out, something of that nature. That is something that I ask myself as well. Um, my theory on Western medicine is that they're, they're not trying to cure um, the issues. They're just trying to put a Band-Aid over um, what's actually happening, even more so with women. Um, they kind of still place us at the bottom of the totem pole um, as far as things, um, you know, big pharma um, and things like that. They're not really too much invested into the health of women and much less black women um, that I feel like they don't have therapists that are specifically postpartum specialized because postpartum depression um, is something very real. Um, no matter what skin tone you have, um, mamas are mamas. We all kind of go through our own set of trying to reacclimate to things after having a baby. So that I feel like should be something in standard practice um, after every birth, um, not to wait until there's signs of you know, mom being detached and, and irritable from her baby to go and get her um, intervention to go through that at the end of the process immediately from after birth to see where mom's head is to kind of prevent that. Um, prevention is better than cure always. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's something Definitely. still that's up in the air. So hopefully we can, you know, again, as doulas band together and, and get that advocacy and get, um, you know, get it billed or signed somewhere that we have access to women after they get birth because we are birth workers. Um, so who better to have to help someone navigate that than someone who works in birth and not just a therapist with a generalized uh, spectrum of skills. Definitely. So one of the things that was a question, another question that I really did have, um, what do you think as the personal role for the doula in the, the home birth the hospital, um, but then also, are are our, our doula our nurses um, open to the home birth process, 
or like what is that what is that um oh let's see what is that what do you think that that you know the the mindset or the understanding is of that because um you know it's just kind of like when i think of home births when people say home births um you know it's just like oh uh, that you know you think of maybe that was something that um you know people do who would live in rural areas and it's not mm-hmm. really something that you know people who don't live in these areas kind of do but that is kind of a misconception because i think sometimes you do come across people who believe in the home birth and you know having that whole entire um process you know outlined so that they mm-hmm. could um you know have a successful home birth mm-hmm. um go ahead it depends on the nurse forward thinking nurses um really i don't feel like would mind um home births um, where the problem comes in is how much control somebody can have in the birthing process. And that's where things get a little sticky. Um, again, when you go into a hospital setting um, just to give birth, the medical professionals that are in that area, they kind of make it seem as if they know best about what's specifically happening. So I don't say that you know medical interventions and things like emergency C-sections and stuff like that aren't necessary, um, but a lot of times they aren't necessary and it's just, again, to speed up a process that may be stalled um, or just something as simple as changing mom's position and so she's a little bit more comfortable so that they can so she can finish the process on her own, uh, but they like to rush through a lot of different things and provide uh, medications that, let's be honest, that they get paid for. Um, and a lot of those options are cut out if you have a home birth. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and with home birth, um, I'm sorry, the doula in the hospital in that instance, um, again, advocacy to me, as far as me being a doula will be the the biggest thing to do inside the birth room if a mom chooses um, to be in a hospital setting. Um, when when you're in that that state, and for all women who've had babies, you understand that kind of pain and and needing to focus kind of through that, so you're not really paying attention to or able to respond to things that may be making you uncomfortable um, in ways. <laughs> that are gonna get your needs met necessarily. Um, so some moms are screaming and before you get through everything and have to come down or they can't focus on really anything but their own bodies um, and what's happening inside or what they're trying to get out. Um, so having someone there that can be calm and level-headed to make sure um, that she's getting exactly what she's asking for um, and that she's comfortable making sure that she has proper lighting uh, Despite nurses, because I'm a doula, I'm not here to be your nurse's friend. I'm not here to be the doctor's friend. I'm here for you. I'm not rude, but again, my loyalties are to the birthing person. Um, And if you're here in the medical profession, if she ultimately needs you, that's something that I would know because I'm close to her. So I would know what she needs. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of things that they use in the medical profession. So having if a mom goes into labor and doesn't necessarily understand what they're going to do, then being there to explain that to her, hey, it looks like he, the doctor has scissors. It looks like he may be trying to do an episiotomy. Are you okay with that? Because sometimes they'll just do it. Like it's an emergency. So I'm just going to do it without any consent and go through it. And that's how a lot of unwanted medical interventions uh, essentially happen. But having someone there that is the fresh pair of eyes, hey, she, she doesn't want this. 
you know, get her off her, <clears throat> have her to not lay on her back, maybe try going on uh, all fours, hands and knees or standing up and allowing gravity to work for you. They immediately want to stick, you know, IVs in and have you lay down the whole birthing process. And that's counterintuitive as well. Um, so having a doula in there, if you're going to be in an area that's trying to have a lot of constraints on what you're allowed to do in the birth process, my job is to release those constraints as much as mom wants them uh, to be released. Um, and as well as her partner. Um, so if there's a partner there, making sure that partner um, is calm as well, because um, we're here together. It's not just the job of doula, um, but if there is a partner to strengthen everybody as a whole um, so that we can make sure that things get accomplished for mom. At home, um, I love at home because you get free range. You, you kind of, um, you know, mom's in her own environment. So the goal of getting mom to be comfortable is that much more easier because she's, this is her home. This is her domain. This is where you've been meeting her um, throughout her pregnancy um, or the couple times that you met her before labor. Um, you kind of know uh what to do, the whole family's there. There's not any strange or unfamiliar faces that you have to acclimate to um, when you're there as well at home. Um, it's more comfort, again, that I feel like you have in a home birth because usually most moms want to give birth in water um, when they're at home. And as far as I'm aware, New York State doesn't, in Rochester anyway, have any places where a woman can give birth in water. There's no birthing centers. The hospitals don't allow it. If you go into labor while you're in one of their jetted tubs, you have to get out. Um, they don't allow women to birth in water. And I think that whatever a woman wants to do to birth her baby, that she should be allowed to do unless there's a medical reason not to. Um, not just because you don't feel like doing it. Everybody has to get here a certain way. Um, Yes, making sure mom um, is comfortable in home births, massage, aromatherapy, you know, making sure she's empowered uh, in words. I didn't have my own doula. I wish that I did have my own doula. The closest I got to my doula, um, I do my business with my husband as well. Um, and he was excellent as far as the, the birthing affirmations and someone speaking life into you while you are trying to get through something that's extremely difficult. That even works for children and, and letting you know that you can do things that are difficult and hard. Um, and hearing those things while you're going through that makes it that much more easy. And I felt extremely empowered going through it. Um, I didn't really feel a lot of pain. Um, when you feel like somebody believes in you, even outside of birth, you get that feeling somebody believes in you, anything is possible kind of feeling. And all of those hormones and endorphins run through you and it makes the experience that much more beautiful. And that's welcomed at home more than it's welcomed um, in the hospital, unfortunately. Um, so I feel like free nurses who are kind of okay with that flow, they will be okay with that setting, midwives especially, um, because they kind of get their own free range um, at home. They, The ones that I know, they love home birth um, versus hospital. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we are like really running out of time and I do have more questions because it's just kind of like the incorporation of the partner, things of that nature. So I definitely think that we need to continue this conversation and maybe bring you back with, um, 
you know, some other partners or other people that would be supportive to this doula process so that we can get um, everybody's opinion and everybody's talk and just have a really good conversation in regards to that. So I do thank you so very much for really spending the time with us here and sharing your information on solid conversations in regards to the doula and the parent and the birthing process and all of those things and how the doula can be supportive to the family. So um, I just want to thank you, Dacia, um, and thank Black Black Rainbow Co. for um, coming on and just sharing your information with us here on Solid Conversations. And I look forward to um, having you back on again to kind of continue this conversation. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Lady T. It was definitely a pleasure uh, speaking with you all um, and getting out this information. I want to get it to everyone. Um, so I hope that you all liked um, what you heard and would look into uh, doula services more. Well, thank you very much. We'll share your information as well as far as Black, how they can get in contact with you and um, the best way to make contact with you. Yes. So go ahead and share that information. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys can reach me via email. <clears throat> I accept email. Okay. So I'm sorry. It is nichellej2 at gmail.com. Okay. And that is Black Rainbow Co. And we thank you again, Dacia. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.